Hi there. Welcome back to the She Surrenders podcast. My name is Sherry, and this discussion is taking place in our sober circle. It's the first in a series we are doing called Sober for the Holidays. Whether you are newly sober, trying to get sober, or want to gain more confidence for yourself as you navigate through the next month, this series is for you. It's also a great source of information for you if someone you love is going through this for the first time. What can you do to be supportive through the season? Today for part two of our Sober for the Holidays series, I have Callie and Karen and Lynn and myself, and we're going to talk about navigating those much anticipated or much dreaded, depends on you, navigating those sober, especially if it's your first time. And we're talking about when family members are still drinking, the the very people that wanted you to get sober um, are happy for you, but they still want to drink. So we're going to talk about that today. So today, what we want to do is give you five tips to get through the holidays when the family is still drinking or the small party that you're used to going to. It's a new experience for you. Maybe it's your first holiday season sober and you're wondering how to navigate all this. So we have some things to share with you that we've learned in our sober journey. And um, I'll go first. Um, Number one, is it smart to have a conversation ahead of time, um, either with your family about what this party looks like for you this year? Say there was always a lot of drinking and you were um, partaking just as much as everybody else, but this year, are you going to be the only one not drinking? Is there a need to have booze at the party? How do they feel about not having it? If they feel strongly about having it, are you okay with that? And setting some boundaries for yourself around the party before you go so you know what you're walking into and thinking about when is it okay to leave? When is it okay to walk out if things get sticky? If the same old fight starts up, the two people that argue every year um, about the same thing, and usually when they're drinking, tempers can escalate or, you know, the joke that was funny 20 minutes ago isn't funny 20 minutes later. But what you have to remember is just because you're sober doesn't mean you've now become the mediator. You don't have to step in and make everybody play nice and get along. You don't have to do that. That's not your role. And so that's one thing. When's a good time to leave? Or maybe you, if you're going with your spouse, you say, you know what? I might deck out early. It's up to you if you want to come with me or not. Talk to you. I would talk to my kids ahead of time and say, hey, if I just disappear, nothing to do with you. I just needed to leave. So just just knowing, having a clear expectation for yourself, because you can't have a clear expectation of what others are going to do or, you know, how they're going to handle you being sober. So anyway, so that's number one. And Callie has number two. Callie? Um, My thought was changing your role, um, the dynamic of of the situation, whatever it might be. You know, if you are typically the life of the party and now you're coming in sober, 
uh, you have to think about how you're you're going to be changing your role um, and showing up and um, maybe that means that you help the hostess and help busy yourself that way where you feel like you're busy um, doing something helpful to keep your mind off the fact that you're not drinking um, but it's okay to not be the life of the party, you know? Um, and that's Maybe just really something to think the about. Life of the party. <laughs> uh, Maybe you thought you were the life uh, of the party, right? Yeah, <laughs> thought you were. Uh, so I guess I, I don't know, changing. Yeah. Your role and how you want to show up to the, yeah. these events that you have. Um, and if I could add to that, I would say one thing that I learned was it's not about the party's not about the booze. It's about the people that you're with and that's what you make it. That's what you focus on. Um, yeah. You know, focusing on the reason you're celebrating, whether it's Christmas or another time of year or birthday, focus on that. And if you can't focus on the people, I always say, just focus on the cake. There's always cake. And it's a beautiful <laughs> thing to focus on. When you're not drinking. So that's my two cents on that one. But that is a good one. I mean, that's so true. Because I can, I can recall being at parties and talking to people and being like, Oh, gosh, can this conversation be over? I need more wine. I'm not even (laughs) listening to you at this point, because I want more wine. Um, You know, where now being sober, I've had meaningful conversations at parties with people, gotten to know people that I've seen for, you know, we have a party in our family that's been going on for since I was a kid. And um, so as an adult, I was always you know, drinking at it. And it's like, I never got to really know anybody at these parties. I just see them every year and do the, you know, whatever. Um, I've had some really meaningful conversations and it's like, that's, that's the beauty of it. Oh. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And remembering the conversations, that's always a little plus too, you know, remembering the party and you get to feel good in the morning. But anyway, thanks, Callie. Appreciate that one very much. So number three, we have Lynn here today. And what you got for us, Lynn? Okay. Well, you know, I'm thinking back on my first Christmas sober. Well, my first year, I got sober early in January, so I have that whole year, but I always like for my Christmas, I'll just use an example at my Christmas party at my work, you know, there's, you know, alcohol flowing constant. So um, what I did was I brought one, um, my, my um, sponsor and to the party with me that, so I had somebody with me that you know, I, I, I was still new and I was pretty strong, but you know, if, you know, people kept saying, Oh, come on, come on. You know, I, I was, I was nervous, you know, that, that I didn't want, you know, especially, like I said, that first year. And what I would always do is I would always have an escape route always, you know, I'd have my car 
or I would go with somebody that um, is in recovery as well. And, you know, just be able to leave when things get to a point. And I rem- Sherry mentioned something and I, and I did do a, um, a Christmas cruise with my family, which was a total nightmare, but, um, <laughs> but you know, um, and what I've learned, you know, after that experience, um, what I would do is, you know, cause I travel quite a bit on cruises. What I would do is, and people know it now when I didn't want to be like going up to the disco or whatever. So I'd go up there with them and then boom, I'm right back to my room. And, and I read, Mm -hmm. you know, and they never worried because they all knew that that's what, uh, that was my MO. Cause I I mean, I, I did. Yeah. That's not fun for me to, you know, so, um, and another thing is, you know, um, you know, when you go to parties, sometimes I've been to a few that, um, you know, there's just wine and hard liquor and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I always bring my own drink, you know, whatever I'm drinking, sparkling water, whatever. And, you know, because I've had the times where, oh, you don't drink. Well, here's some water, you know, it's like, you know, it just, you know, so I always like to bring, and I do that, you know, I, I just always bring my own, what I, what I want to drink. Um, but yeah, yeah, I like to, yeah, just having, having that, having that escape route, um, is, is, it's extremely, extremely important that, because, mm-hmm. You know, you got to get out of there. If things start getting bad, you you, you got to get out. And um, yeah, so that's what I got. Mm-hmm. I was um, going to just expound on the bring, you know, bringing your own drinks. If you're not comfortable bringing it in with you, drop it off ahead of time. Or like I, I always, I always bring stuff that I like to drink and I leave it like at sibling at my sibling's house. And just say, can you just make sure that it's here? Like no one else drinks it. And then it's there if I forget to bring it or if I, if it's a spontaneous thing. So, I mean, that kind of makes you maybe if you're still feeling weird about not drinking, you could drop it off ahead. That's a great idea. It's just um, a thought. I mean, no, it's a great idea. And if you feel like it's drawing attention to you when you walk in with your whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I if it's a party or not a family thing or whatever. Yeah. My thing was always, I want a glass like everybody else. I don't want a different glass or yeah. I want to carry around a can of di- nothing screams. I'm not drinking than a can of diet Coke, like carrying around a can of diet Coke. It's like, I might as well put I'm sober on my forehead and, you know, it's like, or a can of Sprite, anything that you can mix a drink with, you know, that your hostess says, Oh shoot, you don't drink. Well here. And gives you a bottle of water or a can of diet Coke. So be prepared. Those are all good suggestions. Thank you so much, Lynn and and Callie for adding that too. So on to Karen for number four. And uh, Karen's got a good one. 
Well, you guys, all good suggestions. And I think, um, you know, if we're just being very generic, um, I mean, those would all be great. I'm going to assume the worst and say that, you know, um, if you're new to recovery and you have a family system where you know there's going to be a lot of heavy drinking um, and you're, you know, say maybe in your first few months of recovery or even first year of recovery, you may seriously want to take a pass if you feel that your family is not going to understand or they haven't or they just don't get it. I I think the good news is society, um, you know, is starting to become a little more comfortable with people not drinking. I don't think it's, you know, we're nowhere near where we need to be, but I would hope that in most cases, families would be encouraging and very happy, you know, for someone that is working hard in a recovery program that no longer wants to drink. However, if that's not the case, I think it can be a really serious trap for somebody that is working hard um, on their recovery program. And, it, you know, you have to ask yourself, is it worth the setback? And do you feel that you you know, have the constitution or the strength to subject yourself to holiday events. Um, You know, it's all about knowing yourself and knowing whether or not you can go to these things and maybe do a, you know, an early exit. If you really do want to go and you know there's going to be a lot of drinking, you know, maybe you just give yourself a time limit before the serious drinking starts to take place and you just leave because for me in early recovery, um, I knew that I could not go to any kind of, you know, where there was going to be an evening event with people drinking for hours and hours. So Mm -hmm. I knew myself well enough and I respected that until I could, you know, physiologically and mentally felt like I had, a good grasp on my recovery. So mm-hmm. I would say if you miss a holiday or two, oh, well. Mm-hmm. And something that we didn't talk about was, so you send your, you know, I'm thinking of like a family party. The rest of my family goes to the party and I stay home. Do I stay home and cry or do I plan to do something that something I fun. love? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, take a bath, eat cake, read a book, all the things, you know, absolutely. binge watch. I mean, honestly, just Mm -hmm. treat yourself like a queen without alcohol. So absolutely. It's okay to say no. Mm -hmm. So Kelly. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I speak from experience on this coming into, um, within my first year of sobriety lots of family functions where there was lots of drinking going on. Um, And really to what your point was, Karen, you have to know yourself. And I knew the commitment I made to God the day I quit drinking um, that I felt really self-assured that I could be there um, and secure with that. Um, so that's really important 
if, and there have been events that have come up where I just get this feeling and you trust your gut. Like, I don't feel secure in this and I'm not going Mm -hmm. and it's okay. Like, I don't need to, you know, justify to anybody. It's important to me that I, that I honor that feeling that's in my gut. That's telling me too many dynamics that aren't going to, I'm not going to get past um, not feeling secure, whatever it is that's, that's making you feel that Mm -hmm. that's okay to say no to it then. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I mean, I, I have been in so many situations where there's lots of drinking going on around me and, you know, normally I was my role, like one of the biggest drinkers of like my family. Um, so it's definitely different, but it, it, it was fine for me, but that's, again, you really have to know where you're at and Mm -hmm. declining that first year is, it's a really good strategy if you ask me. Yeah. To do what's safe. I mean, in sobriety, you have to play it safe. And if, if that's what you have to do, oh, well, nobody's going to remember the awful year that you didn't show up because you didn't want to drink. I mean, and, and I'm not sure if it was Callie. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm no, not go sure ahead, if Karen. it was Callie that mentioned it, but it was such a pertinent point that, you know, these holiday events aren't about the drinking. We made them about the drinking. It's about connecting with people and being there and showing up and having dialogues that you remember yeah. and that are meaningful and really having fun mm-hmm. and enjoying each other's company. Right. So mm-hmm. if you, yeah. you know, change your mindset about that um, and you feel like, you know, I can go to this cause I really, I really want to be with my people. You know, I really want to be with my family or these friends, but, or is it, I really don't even want to be with these people anyway. And it's not <laughs> worth jeopardizing my sobriety over. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's something that you need to really kind of give some thought to before yeah. you just kind of maybe haphazardly go to these events um, yeah. that may very well jeopardize all the progress that you've made. Yeah, um, for sure. For sure. So here we are back to me for number five. <clears throat> Excuse me, number five already. And I've got a lot to go along with this, but it just kind of, it all comes down to this. You have to give it to God. You have to give it to God before you go. You have to give it to God while you're walking in the door and you have to give it to God while you're there. And, you know, um, Callie was talking about, um, you know, following, following her gut. And we talk about here a lot, how that feeling, it comes from God, you know, He's, he's helping you, you know, have your radar up as to, you know, what's safe and what's not, but you give it to God and you pray about it and you pray for the people that you're going to be with and you pray for the night. And as far as, you know, Christmas, yes. Spending it with people you love, um, exchanging gifts and remembering what you gave or what you received. That's a beautiful thing. And on top of it, we're celebrating the birth of our savior. Mm -hmm. We're celebrating this 
monumental event that started Jesus's time on earth up till the time that he died to save us. And, and that got lost. At least for me, it did. It's, it, it gets lost anyway, but I made drinking way bigger than the birth of Jesus. So that being said, never forget who you, who you have to rely on. So, um, it's not selfish to take yourself out of the family dynamic for a season. It's, if, you, if it bothers you to be selfish, well, then think about it this way. Your family, the, the very people that wanted you to stop drinking um, are still drinking. And that can be a selfish act as well. Not to attack everybody. Not saying that's, you know, always the case. But it is what it is. So you can't worry about what they think. You do what you have to do to guard your sobriety. Your sobriety is way more important than anybody's feelings over the holidays. You put that sobriety on a pedestal, it's the best gift you could give yourself or your family, even if they don't realize it in the moment um, this year. Yeah, so sobriety is the gift that keeps on giving (laughs) long after the season is done. So isn't that true? So. Yeah. Well, thanks, ladies. I think that those are five really, really um, good tips. And I'll probably post them um, on my website and, you know, a blog or maybe my email or something like that, because I think those are really good tips to have in place. And if anything, even if you don't um, agree with them, I hope that you just heard um, some little nugget tonight that will empower you. And give you a little bit of um, ease that maybe I can do this. And if anything, remember that there's a lot of people that have. A lot of people that have been in your shoes. Um, four of us right here. And I guarantee you there's many, many more. You're not going to be the first one to have to go through this. And you'll get through it. You will get through it. So with that being said, um, thanks for being here tonight, ladies. I appreciate every single one of you that shows up for these conversations and for you, our listeners, I hope that we've blessed you in some way tonight um, in this holiday season. Thanks for being here. Thank you.